Welcome to Men's Alliance Ambassador Training, designed to give us the information and the tactics so that we can better represent Christ to our family and friends. Hey guys, this is David Mills with part seven of our ambassador training. So just as a recap here, our goal in doing the ambassador training podcast is to just help us be better representatives who can articulate what we believe and why, whether we're in conversations with coworkers, family members, um, maybe our kids and um, or neighbors. And whether you're talking to somebody who's, uh, you know, a a militant atheist or just a, a skeptic, or maybe they're they're seriously searching for truth and they're on a truth quest. Maybe they're from a different religion or worldview. It doesn't matter. We need to be able to engage these people where they are by asking good questions um, to get to know them first and where they're coming from. And then we can meet them where they are um, and learn how to share the important parts of what we believe and why and not get bogged down in the weeds and get distracted um, by, you know, red herrings uh, that'll just take us off track. So that's kind of the focus here. You know, in part one, we talked about relativism, pluralism, and scientism. And part two, we covered what exactly do Christians believe or what does one have to believe to become a Christian, right? In uh, ambassador training number three, we talked about who made God? And in that one, we just talked about what is the definition of God? What do we mean when we say God? What are we talking about? And and then four is we're getting into evidence. So in four, we gave DNA as evidence for the existence of God. And this is a God. This is a creator, a designer. So we're not to Christianity yet, but DNA is evidence for an information giver. It's digitally encoded information. Uh, information requires an information giver. So that's a compelling piece of evidence for God. And in number five, we talked about evil as evidence for God. And this is something that is never looked at this way. Um, evil is often discussed as evidence against the existence of God by questioning why would God allow evil but if you go back and listen to episode five, if you haven't done that, you'll understand that you wouldn't know what evil was if there wasn't a universal, objective, moral standard for good. And so the fact that you can call something evil and something good is in itself evidence for God. So go back and listen to that one. Then we start getting into the specifics of Christianity. So now that we've established that there's truth, what do we believe? What's the definition of God? We've given two pieces of evidence for God. And then in our last one, Ambassador Training 6, we have evidence for Christianity. Now, these are by no means exhaustive lists, right? DNA is evidence for God. Evil is evidence for God. These are just two. There are many others. And I'm not giving everything in, in these Ambassador Training podcasts, but I'm trying to hit what I consider to be highlights that I find to be the most compelling, but also some of the easiest to articulate. You don't necessarily need science degrees. Uh, you don't have to be a cosmologist or a uh, biochemist to um, articulate some of these pieces of evidence for God. And then 
evidence for Christianity. There, again, there's tons of evidence for Christianity, and I'm not going into a lot of it. Um, you know, when you talk textual criticism, higher and lower, and um, archaeological evidence, and you know, there's a lot out there. But I'm just giving you some that I find to be really good. They speak to me at least, and um, and so check those out if you haven't yet. So that's where we're coming. That's the path we're on. And it's kind of important that you do listen to these in order because they do build on each other. Um, today, I want to do it a little bit different. I'm going to hit a bunch of different common objections to Christianity. Some of them are flat out statements and some of them are tough to answer questions. So <clears throat> we've kind of been doing this a little bit all along, but now we're getting into some specific ones that are not necessarily um, asked by everyone. These are nuanced questions. And what we find is that the people that tend to ask these, they really think these are powerful. Okay. So understand that if someone is saying this to you or asking this of you, they think they've got you. They think this is a big deal. And they think that because they've never heard a response to it. Now, before I get into this first one, I'm just going to caveat all of these are largely rhetorical, uh, meaning there's not a lot of substance behind it. You will find that these are not built on premises. Uh, there's no supporting, um, you know, um, details to these arguments. These are just statements with nothing that supports them. Imagine like a roof with no supporting walls. Um, that's what these arguments are. And that's how Greg Kokel describes them. And I think that's just a great picture is just a roof laying on the ground, right? You haven't really even made an argument. You've just laid a statement on the ground. And so right off the bat, we're going to learn a tactic that will expose the person's lack of support. So let me give you this first one. It's a fun one, right? This is a fun one. If you haven't heard it, you probably will very soon. And it goes like this. Christianity is just a copycat religion. It's just another copycat religion. There have been legends of dying and rising saviors throughout various time periods now, the person might even know the names of a couple. They might cite Osiris, Horus, Mithras. See, the story of Jesus is just another one of these recycled stories. It's nothing new. It's another legend of a dying and rising Savior. It's a copycat religion from, you know, about the first century. That's all it is. Now, the funny thing about this one is, this is, this is one of the few ones that we'll go over where I can where I can make like a like a 99% guarantee on this one. And that is this. If you hear someone saying this, there's 99.9% .9 chance they're getting this straight off of YouTube. Okay? Uh, because that is where this lives and grows and thrives in uh, liberal atheist uh, echo chambers where people really convince themselves that somehow Christianity is a copycat religion. 
Okay. Now, depending on your relationship with the person saying this and the amount of time you have with them, I recommend you ask this tactical question. And by the way, this is the absolute best tactical question there is. Are you ready for this? You just ask them, how did you come to that conclusion? How did you come to that conclusion? Now, if you notice, that sounds very simple on the surface. They made a statement. You said, how did you come to that conclusion? But I want you to understand in this podcast what's happening beneath the surface. And here's what's going on. This is the theme to being a good apologist. And this applies not just to Christianity. This applies, applies to being a good debater or a good attorney, right? The person has made a truth claim. They have made a statement that they are claiming it to be true. Statement in this case is Christianity is just a copycat religion. Okay, that's their claim. And what you're asking them to do is defend their claim. They have to support it. They have to defend it. So it's important to understand what we're not doing here. Okay, we are not uh, taking on the job of refuting their statement. It's actually not our job to refute that statement. It's their job to support their statement. Okay. The person who makes the claim has the responsibility of supporting it. And now this should be very relaxing to us because we don't have to do the the work here. We're not doing the heavy lifting. We didn't make a truth claim. They did. So if they say, oh, you're a Christian, oh, well, Christianity is just another copycat religion. There's been legends of dying and rising of saviors throughout, you know, all different time periods, blah, blah, blah. It's not our job to jump in there and start trying to tear down their roof because their roof's laying on the ground in the first place. So it's their job to build it up. And we're going to ask them, how did you come to that conclusion? Another way you can say it depending on the context of your conversation and relationship is really what manuscripts or texts have you read about Osiris and Mithras? Okay. And hint, they haven't read any, right? Like I said, they are quoting something that they have heard on YouTube, but we're going to make them support their claim. So that's our tactic. That's our approach. And keep that in mind whenever you're engaged, whatever the question, whatever the statement they're bringing at you, realize this, if they are making a statement, if they are saying something to you that is not a question, make them support it. Don't just go to work trying to tear it down for them because then they're just sitting there, you know, lobbing grenades at you and you're jumping all over them. No, that's not the way this is going to work. Now, There will be some instances where we as Christians are the one making a truth claim. And in those situations, it is our responsibility to support those. And we'll get into those in a different podcast when we talk about the deity of Jesus. Um, That's a claim that we're making. So we have to support that and we will. But in this one, the, uh, the copycat religion, just ask them, how do they come to that conclusion? Or if you want to be a little bit more direct, ask them what manuscripts or texts they have studied. What have they read that uh, brought them to that conclusion? They're not going to have any. You're just exposing that for them. 
Now, let me give you some background. Now, let's go a little deeper down this copycat religion rabbit hole. A lot of what is being circulated on YouTube um, is, is simply false, okay? Here's some examples. Uh, there is a video I've watched where the person is saying things like, Osiris was born of a virgin, and he had 12 disciples and was crucified and rose on the third day. See, Jesus is just a, a, a copycat of that. Actually, that is just an absolute false statement. Sorry, I got a beeping computer here. Okay, so that's why you want to ask them about manuscripts and text, because if they're just quoting a YouTube video, some of these YouTube videos say things that there's zero supporting evidence for. Uh, and they're greatly exaggerated. For example, you'll hear that, you know, um, Osiris had 12 disciples. Okay. Uh, here's, here's where that's actually coming from. First of all, there are no uh, written manuscripts about Osiris. There is a lot of artwork and pottery and some little statues and depictions of this person. And these statements are being based on those. Okay. They're not even writing. There's not even text. So the 12 disciples claim, for example, is based on a, uh, a piece of artwork that depicts Mithras with the 12 zodiac signs around him. So you got this image of a person who is Mithras and they've got these 12 little symbols all around them. And then somebody's looking at that and saying, oh, see, he had 12 disciples. But clearly not. Those are signs of the Zodiac. So that's where you want to just ask, where are you getting your information from? The Mithraic religion has no early text. And it's only text at all. Not There are no early ones. And the only texts that there are, are actually dated after the first century, after Jesus of Nazareth came along, then the Mithraic religion began to write down some texts that are similar. So ironically, if there's any copying going on, it's copying from Christianity, right? So these early legends like Osiris and Mithras, they don't have early text. Their text came after the life of Jesus. So uh, that's a point that I'm sure the person making is unaware of. Um, you know, and then you can also remind them of this. See, the skeptic, um, they're, they're being skeptical of Christianity, which I applaud them for. Great, we should be skeptical. We should do our research. But then they're, in, you know, in their attempt to be skeptical of Christianity, they're, they're swallowing hook, line, and sinker a story about Mithras or Osiris from YouTube. So you can ask them, if you heard a YouTube video about the resurrection of Jesus, would you just instantly become a Christian because you watched a YouTube video where somebody was telling you about it? I certainly hope not. I hope you would do a little bit of research into the, the manuscripts and the, the text of the New Testament, right? And actually examine the evidence. Please don't tell me you just believe everything you uh, watch and change your religion based on YouTube videos, right? So there's the irony again is they're being highly skeptical of Christianity while just being completely gullible about Mithras, Osiris, Horus, etc. You can say, you see, as a Christian, I actually require 
early recorded multiple eyewitness accounts from multiple sources for what I believe. And that's why I'm a Christian, because our religion has a robust set of evidence from the first century. I don't have enough faith to base my eternity off a YouTube video like you're doing. Okay. Now, I think that's the best stopping point. But if you're really in a good, you know, academic discussion with somebody about, you know, early legends of dying and rising saviors and stuff, you can point this one out too. So here's my second tier response. If for argument's sake, there were a person who lived thousands of years ago named David Mills, and he had four kids, and his wife's name was even Carrie, and he loved deer hunting and was in the military. Can you explain to me how that would disprove my existence? You see, there's no logical refutation of Jesus, of Christianity, simply by saying that there's an earlier myth that is similar. So even supposing that there were an earlier myth that was extraordinarily similar, how does that disprove Christianity? Logically, it doesn't. At best, they can come up with a coincidence. Don't believe me? Just check out the book called The Wreck of the Titan. It was written by Morgan Robertson about a British ship that hits an iceberg and sinks in the North Atlantic in April and did not have enough lifeboats for its passengers. This book called The Wreck of the Titan, it was published in 1898, 14 years before the Titanic sank, and it does not disprove the Titanic. Okay, so that is how we can respond to the accusation that Christianity is just a copycat religion. Let me move on. Let me give you another one. This is a great one. This is one that would used to concern me when I was a very new Christian, and I didn't want to look naive or ridiculous, and I didn't want to get, I didn't want to hear anybody say this to me. Um, but now I see right through it. So let me share this with you. And here's how this goes. You don't really believe those fairy tales in the Bible, do you? See how they're wording that? It kind of stings a little bit. Um, it's a very barbed response, right? You don't really believe all those fairy tales in the Bible, do you? Now, Again, there's a lot of different responses. There's a lot of angles you could come at this, but I'm going to share the one with you that I think is the best, okay? Now, if somebody were to ask me that today, here is how I would recommend responding. I would recommend you responding with this question. Ask them this, do you believe that miracles are possible? So they say, you don't really believe all those fairy tales in the Bible, do you? And you say, well, do you believe that miracles are possible? Now, what you've done here is you've framed the context of their question, right? You're getting them to think and decide, do I believe 
that miracles are possible or not. We've taken this to, here's a new question. Here's where we've taken it. We've just assumed that they've said there is nothing supernatural that exists, right? If you go back to podcast number one, this is what we would call materialism, right? Or naturalism that says uh, the only thing that exists is matter. There is nothing supernatural. All that exists in the world is molecules and atoms, and there is no God. There's no angels. There's no Satan. There's no afterlife. Uh, there's just what you can see. There's what you can touch. There's what you can study through science. And that's all that exists. So that's where they're coming from. You don't believe all those fairy tales in the Bible. Do you? Well, do you believe miracles are possible? Now, here's the great thing. If they say, well, yes, I, I guess I do believe miracles are possible. Then say, great, I do too. And those Old Testament stories are chronicles of some of those miracles. Boom. Pretty easy, right? Now, if they say, no, I don't believe that miracles are possible, then you ask a second question, and that's this. Well, do you believe that there's a God? If they say, yes, I think there could be a God, then you just simply say, well, if God exists, then miracles are possible. Again, super easy. Now, if they say, no, I don't believe that there's a God, okay? Which, if they've asked this question, this is probably where it's going. Do you believe that those fairy tales in the Bible? Well, do you believe miracles are possible? No, I don't. Okay, well, do you believe that there's a God? No, I don't. Okay, great. Then let's talk about that. Now, you can use our previous argument for DNA as evidence for God, or the cosmological argument for God, or the teleological, or the moral argument, right? That would be the one about evil. So you see what we've done here is we've taken the football and we've backed it up a few yards. Because if they don't believe that miracles are possible, if they don't believe that there's a God, there's no point in sitting here arguing about the the stories recorded in the Jewish Torah about miracles, this is not what Christianity is even, is even based on, right? So remember, episode two of ambassador training is what do Christians believe? And you might need to go back and refresh yourself with that one. What do Christians believe? Because the miracles in the Bible, in the Old Testament, those fairy tales in the Bible that they're talking about, those are actually not super important sticking points to whether or not Christianity is true or not. Because remember, Christianity is true or not based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's where we keep things focused. We're Christians because Jesus rose from the dead. So if they want to bring up Noah's Ark, Jonah and the whale, whatever, instead of focusing on miracles, ask them if they believe that God exists. If God exists, then miracles are possible. And if they don't believe God exists, well, then that's where you've got your work cut out for you. That's where you want to roll up your sleeves and say, well, have you ever considered the evidence for the existence of God? Now they're going to say, what evidence? 
And you're going to be off and running talking to them about DNA and how it is the most complex digitally encoded information ever discovered by scientists. And if we believe that cave paintings have an artist and we believe that books have authors, right, then it certainly is logical to believe that the most complex information in the world, that is your DNA, that is 6.4 billion letters long, that must certainly have an information giver, an intelligent designer. So you see, they came at us with, you don't really believe those fairy tales in the Bible, do you? We asked them, do you believe miracles are possible? If no, well, do you believe God exists? If no, then that's where we're going to focus is on the existence of God. And we've already given you some great arguments to use there through both the moral argument. That's how we know good from evil and the existence of DNA. So we've backed it up. We're not engaging them on their turf. We are engaging them on a far more relevant, important topic than going to battle, defending, um, you know, arguing about the ark and the flood is really a red herring. Nobody who is not a Christian is not a Christian because they don't believe in Noah's ark. Okay. It's got nothing to do with a global flood. That's just something that they're throwing out. We all know why people choose to not believe in a God or choose not to be Christians. It's got to do with their will, with their volition. Okay. They don't want there to be a God. They don't want to be accountable to anyone. They want to be able to go on sinning. They want to be able to be their own God, to be in charge, to do whatever they want. They don't want some cosmic deity looking over their shoulder or looking into their bedroom and telling them what they're doing is wrong. So they pretend that there's not one. And then they pretend that the reason has something to do with fairy tales in the Torah. We're not going to play that game with them. We're not going to take the Old Testament bait. We're going to ask them if they believe that miracles are possible. We're going to ask them if they believe God exists. And we're going to ask them if they've ever considered the evidence. And then we're going to give the evidence to them and explain it and be ambassadors that way. All right, guys. That, let's see here. As we wrap that up, we covered two tough questions in part seven today. And we will continue hitting more questions. We're going to work next time. Um, we're getting to the deity of Jesus. We're getting to one of the best ones is the Bible full of errors. We're going to talk about how Christians just cherry pick the parts of the Bible they like. They're not following all of it, right? Um, Jesus never claimed to be God. And then we got some other funny ones in there. Um, uh, religion is responsible for most wars and atrocities. That's always a fun one. So we're going to get to all these in these next couple of uh, episodes. But I want you to email me if you've got anything specific on your mind. Okay, if there's something you've heard that you're not sure how to answer or a doubt that you personally have or something that you're just not sure how you would respond to, please send me an email to info at mensalliancetribe.com and uh, we can read your question on a podcast. We can keep it anonymous if you want. And we'll go over that to make sure we're all getting the best possible ambassador training. All right, guys, I hope that you have found this helpful and I will see you around the fire. 
Thanks for listening to Men's Alliance Ambassador Training, where our goal is to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that we have, but to do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3.15